Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Josh Hallam, and you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or we just wanted to talk about them. This week, it was Alice's turn to pick, and she chose Wicker Park from 2004. So, let's see what we think. Alice. Mm-hmm. There's a park. There's a park. It's made a of South wicker. Park? No, a, a wicker park. park. A parallel park. <laughs> oh, very good. Very um, nice. Wicker Park. Mm-hmm. It's from 2004, so spoiler warnings mm-hmm. to the guys at home if you haven't seen this. Alice, what is this film about? And why did you pick it? Okay, so Wicker Park, so it's a romantic thriller. So Matthew is a young Chicago advertising executive played by Josh Hartnett who seems to have it all. He's got a high-flying job, a beautiful girlfriend whose relationship is apparently going so well that we see him shopping for engagement rings. What more could he ask for? But whilst out at a lunch meeting, he believes he catches a fleeting glimpse of his long-lost love, Lisa, played by Diane Kruger, who left him in slightly strange circumstances two years ago. He then puts his life on hold to try and find Lisa once again, and what follows is a tangled web of obsession, lust, mystery, and some pretty questionable behaviour from everyone involved. The film is a remake of a French film called La Parmente, which is apparently loosely based on a Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, so that is what the film is about. The reason I picked it. So uh, as I am one to do, a film will just pop into my head out of nowhere, it feels like, and I think, oh, let's check out the ratings, <laughs> see what's going on here. And uh, had a little look at how it was doing on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. And one of the ratings I thought was devastatingly low. And I thought, well, hang on a second. Devastatingly sec. low. Devastatingly That's low. That's a little so minute thought, after you saw it. I, th- I was like, whoo, have a sit down, have a little wander in the Wicker <laughs> Park. And so then that was that then. So I was like, right, it's going on my list. And I thought, well, now's the time to do it. But also, having tried to find it to watch for this podcast and found it very, very difficult, I will also say, as well as it being underrated, I will also say that this film is underseen. So Mm. I had to watch this in a very... It was a bad quality, but it was poor quality, Josh. I'm telling you now, it was, was difficult it, to was watch. Was it the it. same one I watched on YouTube? On YouTube, Fuck it was me. fucking terrible. Oh, oh, it was, it was so like bad. it was like watching it outside of a house through a window, <laughs> like like a family were watching it on their TV, and you stumbled home from the pub. Yeah, and you've also not got your glasses, <laughs> and yes. the family are watching Wicker Park, and mm-hmm. you think I'm going to review this for a podcast. Yeah, and, and it was really disappointing, right? Because 
I'm there willing to pay, right? Oh, I'm okay. going on the street. I'm ready. I want to do it, guys. I'm, I want to pay for these films. I want the money to go to the right place and all that. So when you come across a film like this, similar with True Lies as well, where it just feels impossible to find it or, or impossible to find a good version of it, I was just really shocked. Also, I don't think it made its, bud its budget back as well. So right. it, it can fall into the underseen pile that way as well. So anyway, those are the reasons why I chose it. Uh, Josh, had you seen this one before? I don't think you had. Alice, I hadn't seen this one. Uh, I hadn't okay. heard of this one. Okay, great. So good, good, good. good. Let's, let's crack on then. So it's All underrated right. mainly, but also a little bit underseen. I reckon so, yeah. Okay. And we both watched the same god-awful YouTube version Ugh, of it. So disappointing. It, so is, disappointing. it is disappointing. That's, I've, you know, even Solomon and Gaynor managed to get hold of. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what went on. Like, has someone lost the rights to it or something and therefore, you know, it can't go on look Amazon who's or in now it. or anything. Josh yep. Hartner, mm -hmm. Rose Byrne, mm -hmm. Matthew Rose Byrne. Lillard, Diane Kruger. Mm. Matthew Lillard. I forgot he was in this, you know. I forgot Shaggy he was in it. himself. Yeah, um, I know. And, it, and you can't get hold of it. Yep, very mad, strange. Mad, sort very it strange. out, people who own the rights to Wicker um, Park. Well, it's an MG MGM film, so you would have thought, like, it's not some, like, tiny indie... It's not, it's not is it? It's, whatever, it's like, not a little on, indie lads. film. It's like, it's got a pretty big cast in it and stuff, but no. let's crack on then. So you've watched it again, you've seen the uh -huh. ratings. Yes. What do we think? Lay it on me. So... I actually thought it was all right, you know. Mm. Like I can, I can see the flaws. I can see it's not perfect, but I did, and obviously it was difficult to enjoy because uh, it was so blurry. But I did. <laughs> it, I think it was better than I thought maybe it was gonna be because okay. I'd only seen this film a couple of times when I was in college, and we rented it out of our library in college, right? That's that's how we got oh, hold of it. Remember that. Remember, so, remember. So even then, right? Borrowing even films at the college library. I know. I know. Right. I know. Um, so I did quite like it, and I think I liked it better uh, than I thought I would, and it made me think, yeah, I do still think this is underrated. So I'll talk about uh, some of the main things that I liked about it first. Um, so I do like the concept, and I like the story, and at times I think uh, it holds the mystery quite well and unravels the mystery quite well. Also, whilst dancing between the different perspectives of the different characters, um, as is the case with these sort of films all the characters are connected somehow and I did for the most part believe the ways in which they were connected and believe their relationships to one another now you do have to suspend your disbelief a little bit here you know Matt does basically just fall in love with Lisa upon seeing her for the first time and then does some stalkerish things that she is apparently into and then they fall madly in love with one another and if you're happy to accept this sort of fast-paced relationship development, this development of feelings, then great. But if you can't accept that, then you are going to have a hard time, I think, connecting to these characters and connecting to these stories. Um, so the, I do enjoy the story and I do enjoy the concept. Mm. Uh, so, Josh, I do want to come to you. <laughs> did you did you like it? What did you think overall? Okay, okay. So overall, uh -huh. I struggled a little bit with this. Did you? I yeah. did struggle right. a little bit. Now, don't get okay. me wrong. The fact that it looked like I was watching it off a shady DVD of blokes yeah. all being a pub on YouTube didn't help. No, it's bad, but putting it? that oh. aside, my issues aren't actually with the quality of the film. I'll yeah. come on to my issues because I did like some stuff. Okay, and good, I always good. like to be balanced about it. So overall, uh -huh. I've already touched on it a little bit. The cast is great. Yeah. So uh -huh. you've got Josh Hartnett, Rose Byrne, Matthew Lillard, Diane Kruger, a couple of other people who you've seen knocking about in other stuff, but they're your main four. And mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're pretty good in it for the most part. I mean, Josh Hartnett for me, 
He's quite an underrated actor. I think he was typecast oh, yeah. a little bit because maybe things like Pearl Harbor. But we've talked mm. about other films um, like 40 Days and 40 Nights. And one of the things, although we did pretty much slate that film, was that he was sort of all right in it, right? So yeah. he's, you know, and, he's always pretty good in it. And he was in Hollywood Homicide. Of course he so is. This is our third Josh Harden film. The Heart, yeah. the Heart and the Trilogy. <laughs> um, so, and actually there's another film on my list which has oh. got him in it which is the same director as this film. Oh, so interesting. That might come up uh, in a little mm. while when we're ready for the fourth Hartnett. Fournette. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he is pretty watchable, right? He's yeah, pretty, he is. does the intense thing really well. He's very intense. Like, isn't he? He does His it, eyes are so intense. Yeah, like if you look at, obviously, 40 Days and 40 Nights is a comedy, right? But if you look at this with. Hollywood Homicide, which is also a little bit of a comedy, but less so than 40 Days and 40 Nights. He does that intense, young, brooding guy mm -hmm. really well. And I think he, he does, does it, he does he it does. pretty well in this. He is very watchable. He is pretty mm -hmm. charming because also, as well as the fact that he's pretty handsome and pretty charming and pretty cool, mm -hmm. he also does bumbling socially awkward quite well. He has that sort yeah. of little balance to him quite well again he's more cool than socially awkward in this but there are still bits where he's socially awkward so he's quite watchable mm -hmm. and charming in that bit i think he's got a brilliant voice oh, i really love yeah. josh hartnett's voice if you look at so something like the opening of sin city if you've seen sin city he has a little cameo at the beginning and at the end of sin city which i think was actually put together whilst they were testing out how they were going to make it and then they just ended up putting it in the film oh interesting but his voice is almost like hypnotic in places and mm -hmm. because it's very deep and quite smooth and, and I think he's got an amazing voice for cinema um, mm. always nice to see Matthew Lillard although I'll, as far as mm. I'm concerned he should always be playing Shaggy um, yes indeed it, with, without explanation like imagine <laughs> yeah, I would have taken it, was, it. I would have taken it <laughs> Josh Harder walks in I'm in love with this girl like Scoop like oh, yeah, I absolutely yeah. love that um, been all over that <laughs> Rose Byrne for me is an absolute standout in this Mm. Um, one of the things I want to come on to in, in later on is that, okay, some of the performances aren't great, but I don't think that's the actor's fault. But Rose Byrne mm. is absolutely giving it her all in this film. Mm -hmm. And I think she is considerably better than the rest of the core cast. Mm. It almost feels like she's in a different film at points because she's quite good. So she it does feel like she's almost trying harder than the other, right. other people in the film, but I don't know but. Obviously, we've done a few other Rose Byrne things before. The one that comes to mind is um, I Give It A Year. I Give It A Year, um, Which yeah. is good in that. But she's great in this. She's really, really good. She's very young as well. It's like sort of before she she really broke big with things like Bridesmaids and X-Men and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, it looks really good. Mm -hmm. So despite mm -hmm. the quality of the of the copy, you know, Chicago is is used a lot now. For mm -hmm. for really big cinematic things, if you think of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, a lot of that is was made in Chicago. It mm. looks really cinematic, mm -hmm. and then what you have going on in this film is that it's all set, or most of it is set in winter or in the snow. Yes. So you it's have a beautiful, yeah. Aesthetic. So you have really yes. beautiful scenes where there is, there's really, like you say, really good aesthetic, and you can see characters' breath, and you can see, mm -hmm. you know, the, you almost feel the cold, and it does add. A little something to the film for me. I thought it was quite, it's quite interesting. You know, it's, that's obviously a choice to go. This is all set in winter. So everyone's always mm -hmm. wrapped up. And, you know, it's not often you see that outside of Christmas films. And I quite, mm -hmm. quite often, oh, you know, yeah. you know, if you think about it, how often does the weather get thought about in films? And, 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 and it's mainly Christmas films. And there are other examples. So like, for example, in Seven, 
it's always raining in it, and that's because is that's it, a, that's a stylistic choice. In this, there's a stylistic yeah. choice that it's always wintry, and I think that does oh. add a sort of um, a good aesthetic to it, like you say. And then just finally, I did enjoy some of the themes of the film. So they do get uh-huh. into an idea of of obsession and stalking, but they also add layers into it. So things like people who are people who are sort of obsessed also having someone obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. It's this chain, isn't yeah, it? Like it's a this chain sort of, of chain of, of, obsession. of, of like, obsession. It reminded me, like in um, in Rain Over Me, yeah, where it's almost like this chain of inappropriate behaviour, where one character is being inappropriate with someone, and then but then that character is being inappropriate with someone else, and you just sort of see how people that can almost be so not self-aware of themselves well, yeah, when they're well, kind yeah, of in that situation. Absolutely, because you also have what you have in this. is Again, so it's like, like you say with Brain Over Me. So Josh Hartnett's character falls for Diane Kruger's character at first sight, mm-hmm. bang, right? Now, we've all seen the plot of Man Falls for Beautiful Woman at mm-hmm. first sight, but we don't often see Woman Falls for Beautiful Man. And mm-hmm. you get that in this because that's what happens with Rose Byrne's character, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was quite interesting. You know, you don't often see that non-reciprocated love of a woman to a man. You often see it the other way around, but you see mm-hmm. it in this and both equally act pretty inappropriately, right? So I, uh-huh. I thought that was quite interesting. I thought they, they added some real balance to it in, in that. And um, and that's uh, and, and the one final thing as well is soundtrack's pretty good. Oh, you got this. God, you, got, you got the phonics in there with the stereophonics. Oh. I mean, I was their hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. I completely forgot that it obviously that from way. Wales. Beautiful the, song. Very Welsh Beautiful band. song. A uh, couple so of stereophonics got, songs um, in there. There was Coldplay, Aqualung. Have a nice day. Is it? No, no maybe, maybe tomorrow, tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Come on, Josh, and then later on, on, there's another phonics song. And then there is. Yeah. I, so I, I, I mean, I might get absolutely rinsed for this, but I really loved the song "The Scientist" by Coldplay. I like it too. So, the I thing think is, it's right, beautiful. Coldplay get a lot of shit now. They do. But early Coldplay, <laughs> like Parachutes and all that, and the mm. Rush of Blood to the Head, great albums. Like they were, they were decent even albums. Some late Coldplay, I really like. Like it's, it's. Oh, I, I don't know if I really understand the hate. I don't well, know if I do with Coldplay. To, it's to be easy honest. to rip Chris Martin because you think he's irritating. But at the end of the day, one of the biggest bands in the world for the re the same thing happens with Mumford and Sons. It's like it's trendy Did to it, hate. Yeah. It's trendy to hate them. It's like but they are massive for oh, a reason. Like they got nickel backed. Yeah, just just <laughs> let people like what they like. And, well, and that's course, what we're all about here, Alice. You know? Indeed. Is what we're indeed. All about here. So, <laughs> so that's to be honest, in, in a nutshell, that's pretty much what I liked about it. There are some issues, but I'm not going to kick it too much whilst you've still got stuff to say. But obviously, you that's picked this right. one. What I'm interested to know is, mm. why did you first pick this? Do you remember? As in, not for the podcast, when you thought, like, what made you go, let's watch Wicker Park with Josh Hartnett in it? Or did, uh, Because did, did, Josh Hartnett was in it. Because Josh Hartnett was in it. So yeah. me and my friend Gwen, she's the friend. Shout out, Gwen. Shout out to Gwen, but we ha- we had like a lot in common, uh, sort of music wise and mm. film wise, and we both went to college together. So we'd seen Forty Days and Forty Nights. Mm. Obviously, you know, thought that was great and hilarious. And oh my god, Josh Hartnett's so fit. Um, <laughs> and then obviously, see that he was in Wicker Park, or, or like someone told her that he was in it, or whatever. So we were like, I think we rented it from the college library, and then watched it in the college library, like in, in some it. of the sort of TV, in the TV room. <laughs> in that the suites with the overhead projector and all that in them. It was a little bit like <laughs> that, yeah. Um, so that, that was how we got onto that. And I just remember think I just remember not hating it, yeah. basically. And, and that's where 
like a lot of the films that I choose for this podcast, I just think of films I've seen that I didn't hate. And then you look at and the then maybe go back, and, check the yeah, ratings, and, see what happened. Uh, I think, you yeah, know, similar to me, you know, that's that's what, yeah. you, that's what you do. You think about films you like and then you look and you go, oh, hell, that could have kicked in. I didn't think it would get a kick in. And it's, yeah. you know, all the, these things are subjective at the, at, the, at the end of the day. Do you know what it did remind me of? And it's funny with you saying the college thing. Mm. It reminded me a little bit thematically and stylistically of the butterfly effect. Uh, yeah, I totally get that. Not I obviously totally, take the sci-fi, totally te- take the sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, of. yeah. But same era, right? And there's definitely an element era. of of there's definitely a time and a place where people would have loved this shit. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so and I that. reckon that sort of mid to late teenagers yeah. are probably the target audience. You're well, watching right? Butterfly Effect. You might stick on a Cinderella story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want. Anyway, what else did you like about it? Tell me, tell me, tell me. So I do like uh, that we jump between timelines in the film and it doesn't feel the need to handhold you all the way through this. So there's no on-screen text saying two years earlier Ooh, or anything yeah, like point, that. Actually. And though sometimes it did take me a moment or two to realise whether I was in the past or the present, I did prefer the fact that the film trusted the audience and didn't feel the need to handhold you when bouncing between the two timelines. Um I think the script is quite minimalist at times and for the most part it is more interested in showing you rather than telling you which is something I always appreciate. So after Matt thinks he's seen Lisa for the first time in two years he's meant to be heading straight off to China for a very important business meeting that could potentially define the rest of his career it feels like but instead he just willingly misses his flight um, which I then think helps to convey his level of obsession for this woman and just how obsessed he was with her or slash still is sort of thing. Um, I know you've you touched on some of the visuals there and I did quite like some of the technical choices. So there's, so there's a lot of people following other people around in this film and it is quite stalkerish. So to show this, we get a lot of split screens. So we get one character in one part of the screen do, who's doing the following and then the other character, it shows them being followed. And this was something that I don't think is too overused sort of in films in general and in the industry. So I quite liked it for that. Um, and yeah like you touched on the snowy and wintry aesthetic I thought was beautiful and then I think that there's something about that that sort of conjures up feelings of romance and thriller in the same time so it's sort of straddling those two genres which I thought was quite impressive Um, and just finally I think so as the film unravels I did feel on the edge of my seat. So you're just waiting for the characters to collide, right? And for the lies and the deception to all come to the surface, especially with Rose Byrne's character. So Alex, AKA fake Lisa. So we find out that Alex, so Alex was actually obsessed with Matthew before he became obsessed with Lisa. And then she had a hand in breaking them up in the past. And she told Lisa that she found him in bed with another woman. And then in the present day in the film, she's actively trying to keep them apart whilst lying to Matthew and pretending to be another woman named Lisa, and then she's making moves on Matt herself, even though she's seeing his best friend. And I think it did an all right job of kind of keeping Mm. the tension sort of amongst all these different, all these different like threads of action, shall we say. I definitely think, uh, I definitely think, Towards the end, the that plot line with Rose Byrne's character and the Lisa and Alex thing—that's where the film excels. I do, I do definitely mm-hmm. think that that's where it, it, the real sort of thrill of the film came, I guess. Mm. And I think we should probably discuss Rose Byrne a little bit as well, and I guess why the film probably had more of an impact on me when I did see it for the first time. So I didn't know who Rose Byrne was going into this. Like you say, she's pretty young. This is probably one of the first like bigger things that she did. So we see her in a play 
with very heavy makeup on. Mm. And then we see the character Alex elsewhere going about her business. But I didn't realise that the two were the same person. I didn't make that that connection. I didn't make that connection at first. Obviously now... It's really obvious yeah. because she looks she looks like Rose Byrne. It's like, oh, that's Rose Byrne and that actor's Rose Byrne. But I think if you don't know who the actor is, I think the makeup is heavy enough to deceive you and for you to not realise who it was. And I feel like it like because I didn't know who it was the first time around, so I didn't put that those yeah, two and two together. So there a, was a bit um, more mystery in that regard. But nowadays, because everyone knows who Rose Byrne is, you you can see yeah. her behind that makeup. It's a bit like um, spoilers if you haven't seen. Oh, what are you spoiling? Have you seen The Prestige? <gasps> Uh, so, uh, so I haven't, but I know what the twist right. is. So if you haven't seen the Prestige, it, yeah. skip forward like like thirty seconds. But it's a bit like the the Christian Bale twist in the Prestige, which is you mm-hmm. watch it and you first see it like oh, and then when you watch it again, you go fucking hell, it's just Christian Bale in the background. Yeah, <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, it's similar, isn't it? Yeah, I know what you mean. But maybe that's what happened. That's what happens with casting a relatively unknown actor at the time and then mm-hmm. then becoming a massive actor in the future. I guess it's just one of those things, like a you know a victim of their own success sort of thing. Okay, so let's move on then to talking about th- things. Thanks. I'll do that again. The thangs. Talk <laughs> let's about, talk about thangs. the thangs. Let's, okay, let's move on then to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like about Wicker Park, not the park, the film. Um, I'm sure the park's lovely. Or mm-hmm. things that we would change about Wicker Park, the film, not the park. I'm sure the park's lovely. Alice, I get the impression you, you know. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It wasn't all likes for you. You've probably got mm-hmm. a few bits in there. So let's hear him. What, what would you change? What didn't you like about Wicker Park? So, and I, I do 
I will preface this by saying that, yes, like we've already said, the quality of what we're watching was pretty bad. I don't know how much impact this has on it, but there were times where I wasn't 100% uh, sure what was going mm. on, basically. So, like, some of the stuff that was going on with Lisa when she first comes back to Chicago after the two years. So she's there, but then someone called Daniel is looking for her. So then she stays at Alex's place, but then Alex goes and stays at Lisa's place. But then there's also a hotel room involved. And then Daniel has keys to an apartment, but then Matt gets hold of the keys. And then I don't know what apartment they're for or why Lisa had them and where they're for. And so it was just a bit of this. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to need to watch this again to really understand yeah. what the fuck's going on. So there was a little bit of that going on. Um, for the most part, like I said, I liked how minimalist and understated the script was. However, there were times where I think it did dip slightly into being a bit slow and a little bit boring because of that. Mm. Um, I don't think I felt enough for the characters in general. So I feel like there could have been a bit more in the way of exposition. And this is obviously a very, very fine line to tread. I do not want you to just exposition dump and for it to be hollow mm. and just as a way to, quick, we need to get all the information out there at, at, at any cost sort of thing but there was just like a little bit too much missing from this. And it felt like, it, it felt like a book adaptation, you know, in the way where some of the character depth was missing. And like when we've done other films. it should have been in their head. That sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It just, it, like when we've done other films that were adapted on, by, uh, from books, you can feel, like you can feel the gaps a lot of the yeah, time and you absolutely can, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think this was based on a book but i wonder if in the original film so la parme i wonder i don't know if that's how you say apartment in french but that is what i'm trying <laughs> to say when i say la parme um maybe it's clearer like maybe yeah. that's worth a watch yeah. maybe i'll go back and watch it and see how the story unravels in that maybe there's a bit more information um and there were just a few things that happened that I didn't fully believe or thought may have been a bit far-fetched. For instance, so Matt has intentionally missed his flight to China, but obviously hasn't told his girlfriend, but then he's still just kind of hanging out and walking around in Chicago like normal, which just kind of feels a bit risky. Like he, yeah. she even phones him and he's he's like pretending that almost, he's in Shanghai sort of slip, thing. doesn't he? Yeah, and, but it's a bit like, ooh, you are just kind of, like, she could be any... Like, she lives there too, and her dad lives there. Like, if anyone sees you, anyone from that company who knows that you're meant to be in mm. China sees you, and then she finds out that you've lied... Like, it was all just a bit... Uh, um, I was also a little bit in disbelief that he would have slept with Alex. So when he stays over at Alex's, when she's being fake Lisa, because she says that she's being stalked by someone, so she's like, oh, will you stay, you know, so, so I feel safe and all that. And he says, yeah, which I think is a bit weird. And then they have sex, which I also thought was a bit weird, especially because... It's not so he's weird maybe obsessed. When, when two people like each other, Alice. You know? And that's totally cool, but he's got a girlfriend <laughs> that he was just buying an engagement if ring if for. If they're not married, you know Alice, I mean? it's, it's against... Oh, that was starting. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of didn't really buy that. And then the other way that I was sort of trying to look at it and perhaps justify it is that because... So when he's following Alex... See, it's quite hard to explain everything. But when he's following Alex when she's she's pretending to be another woman called Lisa. So he thinks that she has like her shoes and her stuff and she smells like her and all this stuff. So I can believe that maybe he'd sort of emotionally charged himself up for seeing Lisa again, but then he meets this other girl, but then maybe still got like some of these residual feelings. And then that's why he sleeps with her. 
but it do, it does, I feel like that's a bit tenuous and I just didn't yeah, I didn't fully buy that he would have slept with he her. He does seem to convince himself that a blonde woman he fancies suddenly becomes a brunette woman who looks entirely different with the same yeah. name. Yeah. And it's a bit like yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, what 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 else anyway before before I say what 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 else? So that was kind of it, you know, I can just okay. see I can see some maybe gaps in in character exploration and character development, maybe a few moments that I didn't think were 100% clear. I wonder though if like if I watched it again, then maybe I'd get it, but do you really want a film that isn't a yeah. complex sci-fi to be something that you have to watch many times and over? There, I don't and know. And there are plenty of films that are designed so that when you watch it again, you see more. Like, yeah. But that's, yeah. this isn't that. Not, it's not, not, not no, the usual suspects no. or fight club or something, is it? Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, and, well, and yes, they all exactly. have this certain thing and they all... Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's that's the issue, isn't it? That is mm-hmm. the and, and like mm-hmm. it, and if I may that that was my issue with it. Yes, go ahead. Go so, on. So so two big issues, and I'm just going to expand on what you said. There are mm-hmm. the script, and I'm going to break that down into plot and characterization mm-hmm. and some general stuff as okay. well. But in terms of the plot, right? Okay, let's let's put that to one side. That the copy was really bad. Okay, but I had to follow the plot on Wikipedia as I was watching it. Because wow. I couldn't, okay, I couldn't what tell what was going on. I wasn't uh-huh. sure what the point of stuff was. Mm-hmm. I think it's good, like you say, that the skipping between time periods isn't like two years previously. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, it still wasn't clear when it was the past, when it was the present. Mm-hmm. You, there's issues with exposition, like you say. So things like we need to know what the deal is with Lisa and Matt in order for the rest of the film to make sense. But you don't get enough mm-hmm. time with them for the rest of it to have any impact. So you don't, I didn't mm-hmm. really give a shit about them. So then at the end, when they're mm-hmm. reconciled and they have this big emotional moment, I was like, I just, I just thought, I don't care. Come I had... up to meet <laughs> you, tell you oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's meant to be this yeah. big and it's emotional, like, oh my God, like, they're, they're, oh like they're, they're, they're yeah. soulmates have seen each other again. And I was a bit like, yeah. It was like, I'm what? So so some of the stuff was really unclear. Characters' motivations were unclear. Characters' mm-hmm. act, characters just just did stuff. Like you say, he just sleeps with his friend's girlfriend for no reason in, in the film. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit unclear. It's like they just wanted to have a sexy people film with doing sexy people things. And then the main issue with the script then, like you say, is the characterization. Some of the characters, mainly one, are so one-dimensional like the guy mm-hmm. the person who wrote this it's like other than alex's character it's like they cannot write women like mm-hmm. this film would absolutely mm-hmm. not pass the bechdel test do you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's no lisa mm-hmm. has no characterization oh, no. she's just oh, a no. beautiful woman and she's that's a dancer it. oh she's a dancer we know she's a dancer and, you know diane Kruger <laughs> is, is, yeah. is a great actor she's great in um mm-hmm. she's great in glorious bastards she's great in other stuff she did troy this year oh, which i quite like yeah loving glorious and bastards you know she's it's like she's given nothing to do mm-hmm. she's given no emotional moment she's given no journey as a character she's given nothing to do in this film and she's almost empty and mm. the women in this film the three female characters are Lisa, Alex, and Rebecca, right? Alex is brought to life by Rose Byrne. She does a great job. Mm-hmm. Some of her motivations are unclear and some of her actions aren't great, but it's not presenting her to you as a protagonist or a good person or anything mm-hmm. like that. So she's all right, okay? Yeah, her only function is to be obsessed with a man, but okay, fine. Mm-hmm. That's her character's function in this story, right? But Lisa has absolutely no characterization whatsoever. Like I've already said, she's just a beautiful woman. She's just default woman. 
Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Rebecca, who is the girl he wants to propose to, has no characterization. It's completely unclear yeah. why Matt is unhappy with her. It's completely unclear why Matt is happy with her or why mm-hmm. he'd want to cheat on her. Why would... He... At the beginning of the film, he thinks he's going to propose to her, but then he mm-hmm. gets one whiff of a girl he was seeing for not that long, two years ago, mm-hmm. and thinks, mm-hmm. oh, I'll, I'll jib all that off because I'm going to go after this other girl, right? Mm-hmm. So... I had a bit of an issue with the characterization of women, the presentation of women, the fact that they were sort of empty objects almost. Mm-hmm. So that was that was that was my main issue with it, really. You know, it was saved a little bit by the acting, but I just felt like the plot didn't make sense. There wasn't enough, there wasn't there was too much exposition in some places and not enough exposition in other places. Mm-hmm. Character motivations were unclear, and I just found myself thinking, I'm not even sure what's going on some of the time. And I don't know why I should give a shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was mm-hmm. so, like I said, there was good stuff in it, but I think what annoyed me is it really wasted a good cast. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, there was mm-hmm. a good idea there. I know it's an, a sort of loose adaptation of a Midsummer Night's Dream, but I, I really didn't get that. No, I didn't um, get that at all. I had to, I had to read that on the internet. I definitely didn't get that. So, so, so yeah, so for me. It missed the mark a little bit, I'm afraid, in mm-hmm. in that sense. There was some stuff I liked. Wasted yeah, potential. there was some stuff I liked about it, but some real issues with that script. Like, mm-hmm. Some real issues. And and, and 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 I think it's a shame, really, because it, it definitely could have been something. Oh, and one more thing as well. You know how you hate gum chewing? Oh, yeah. What do you hate? What's the Contact lenses. <gasps> Oh, oh yeah, I can't. Yeah, you hate I can't stuff, do eye stuff. You? Yeah, and she takes yeah, minority con- report. She contact <laughs> she takes contact lenses out at one point. I was like, ah, oh, fuck off. You've lost me. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. This is like Alice with the gum, like Alice with the fish. But yeah, so so overall, yeah, there was some stuff I liked, but I must say I was stretching a little bit for what I liked. But it's all about the critical reception, isn't it? So let's have a look. So I've been quite harsh there, and you didn't like some stuff as well. Mm. But as we know, these things can pan out sometimes that that doesn't necessarily mean it's not underrated. Mm-hmm. And from what you've said, I'm guessing it got a bit of a kick in. Mm-hmm. So how do I think it did? I think the audience are probably all right with it, but not raving. Uh-huh. No, not raving, like yeah. a six or seven. And I think the critics probably were quite harsh on it. Maybe we're talking mm-hmm. fours and fives. Mm-hmm. So what would, before you give me the critical reception, because I'm I, I, obviously I know you like this. Mm-hmm. And I know I've given it a bit of a kicking, but you haven't really argued that much with me. So I'm getting the impression no, you do I sort mean, of agree with what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, and the the thing about the... The, the sort of characterization of the women and all that stuff, the way that I'd sort of justified it all in my head is that because it is about obsession, mm. like it's about how people can develop these really intense, strong and mm. inappropriate feelings for people that they don't even mm. know. Like uh, Matt doesn't care what sort of personality Lisa has. He falls in love with her because of the way she yeah. looks. Yeah. And that's it. Mm. And because she's a dancer and all this. So it is all very surface level. Shallow, and it is yeah. all very yeah. hollow. Yeah. So it kind of, in my mind, it's like, oh, well, because it's because that's what it's about, then it's it sort of, I gave it a pass sort of thing. Mm. But 
the issue, the massive issue that you've got with that then is that you don't care about these characters. So then it's like, well, now I don't care about the film. Yeah. So you've lost yeah. me sort of thing. And why so does I she totally like get him? It. Yeah, Do you know what exactly. I mean? so, Don't know because he's hot. Because he's, he's hot, because he's, he's, he's Josh Hotnut. Um, <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. What would, obviously, you know the score, but what would you give it? Oh, that's interesting. I would probably. Problem is, I, I like. I I did enjoy it. I don't. Maybe maybe it's a nostalgia thing. Maybe you know it's my sixteen year old brain just sort of can't let it go or whatever. But I I would definitely be within the sixes. Right. Right. And I think I'd definitely maybe give it a high six, I okay. reckon. Well, let's hear it then. How did it do? All right. So over on IMDb at the time of recording, it gets 6.9. Okay. So about um, what you said. Yeah. So on Rotten Tomatoes, I was a little surprised by this, but the audience gave it 79%. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty wow. good. That's pretty good, though, <laughs> okay. isn't it? Um, but then the critics, and this was the, the number that, Sort of made me think, ah, well, that's got to go on the list, doesn't it? The critics gave it 27%. Wow. So th- which is quite low, isn't so it? That- and the, so the critics' consensus, and they do kind of, it's basically all the things that you said, but the, the critics' consensus is implausible coincidences and an overly convoluted structure make the movie hard to follow or believe. And then a lot of the really negative reviews were all highlighting the fact that the characters wouldn't have had any of these problems if they just picked up their mobile phones, right? Which That's a good point. <laughs> which I do sort of get. But my argument against that would be, obviously it's based, or a re- it's a remake of a film from 1997, mm. right? So mobile phones, not really a thing. Mm. And then this come out 2004. So just kind of on the cusp of mobile phones being a thing. So then it's like, oh, like, how do we how do we get around that sort of thing? So they do just seem to have ignored the fact that, they yeah. They do, phones. yeah, seem to ignore <laughs> mobile phones. That's true. I didn't even clock on to that. So mm-hmm. those scores average out at just above, so round it down, 58, 58%. Okay. So <laughs> what would you say? I do reckon that's underrated, but just a little bit. Mm. Like it's not. I'm not here sitting saying this is a masterpiece. I know. I know what it is, mm. and I can definitely see the issues with it. But me, for some reason, I just enjoyed mm. it. Um, so I would say that it's underrated. I am definitely going to say that it's underseen mm. because there's no way anyone's going to watch that film as it is on YouTube. Mm. It's fucking ridiculous. Mm. Someone please sort it out. Get us a good quality. I want the HD version. I will pay for it. I'm here. Take my money. I Absolutely. almost bought the DVD. Did you? I, I thought like, you might. I can't. I and, then, and then I looked, I was like, it was like a tenner. I was like, I can't uh, pay a tenner for this. No, you can't just I can't do it. Um, 58, then what? It is underseen. Because mm-hmm. if you look at who's in it, and it's probably, like you say, didn't make his budget back. It, it's underseen. Didn't make his budget back. It's not anywhere. 58. I'm gonna, I'll be honest, mate. That, for me, is probably overrated. It's a bit overrated. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it is underseen. So we'll put it out. I mean, the weird things with these is, if people haven't seen it, and we put it out for a vote, quite often no one will be able to say what they think. Exactly. You know what I mean? So Because it's, un- it's underseen as well. So I think, I am, I am, I am happy to concede on this one, because... I think I think it's underrated. That doesn't necessarily mean that it is yeah. underrated. Do you know yeah, what I yeah, mean when yeah. I say that? Obviously, because so with something like with Grease 2 or perhaps Ewoks, mm. like I think they are genuinely good films and that everyone is wrong. Whereas with this, I think I'm just an outlier here. And I just like it yeah. because of my experience with it. And that's a good yeah, and that's a fair point. You know, it's back to that subjective nature. 
you know, nostalgia for it. The nostalgia mm-hmm. for this. I mean, I suppose just to finish, do you think if you watch this now, having not seen it in college, you'd have the ooh, same, ooh. you'd have the same reaction, or do you think ooh, you? Would... I don't. I don't know. See. I don't know. I think I would have. I probably would have picked up on more of the issues because mm. because I went into it as well, feeling soft about it. Mm. So then, in those instances, then you don't rip into it perhaps as much as you could. Mm. But with other films we've watched, and maybe with some of the ones that you pick, I do go into it thinking, right, well, what's the representation like? What are the women up to? How do the characters develop? And all this. And I think I went into this wanting to like it, and therefore I did. So I feel like I perhaps haven't done my job properly here, No, but that's the nature of this podcast, though, isn't it? Is we pick the films Mm. because we've seen them before, and we have some sort of affection for them. So you're going to go into Mm -hmm. it. Like you say, we don't go into each other's films thinking like I'm gonna smash this to bits. Like we we're all about mm. optimism, but sometimes sometimes you get Wicker Park and sometimes you get you know other other films. Sometimes you get mm-hmm. Rain Over Me or or mm. sometimes you get other. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that you picked that I was pleasantly surprised by. Well, uh, you picked Mouse Hunt, and Mouse I thought Hunt. that was sick. Yeah, that was what, I don't think what's one that you've picked that I've. I've, I've have I picked one that you like? You definitely Ooh. have. You definitely picked one. Are you I've sure? Liked. We'll just go back. No, over no, the list. you definitely have. I'm just trying to think of them. Like, pop star. It's off of my head. Oh, Although I'd yeah, seen that before. Let me think. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of one that you. There's definitely got to be one in there. Have a little look because you've got. I, I, we're not leaving I'm until not, we figure this out. Thinking. No, so right. you didn't like Grease two. You didn't like Speed two. Um, you didn't really like Ewoks. Ah! Um, what else have I picked? Do you know what? Like Imperium, Imperium, Spice, Imperium, Spice World. Catfish was all right. You know, yeah, there are there are really ones. Enduring Love was in there as well. So there are ones. Yeah, but you, that, you, that was yeah, on your but, list. But well, the point is, is sometimes this happens. So we will put it out to the guys. But split decision. But under scene. Mm-hmm. So there we go, another one in the bag, underseen, but split decision. We'll stick it out there on the social media. You see what you think. You never know. Sometimes you guys out there surprise us, some big Josh Hartnett fans and Matthew Lillard fans yeah. and Rose Byrne fans and Diane Kruger fans or whatever. <laughs> As ever, we try and give a balanced argument and we will be back next week, Alice, won't we, with another film in your ears Ooh. to be announced soon. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. Just search for Just Films and That. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us, get in touch with us, we always like to hear from you. And we're also on the television, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm, you can find us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool, or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. Or if you have Sky and you live anywhere in the country, you can find us on Channel 188. That is every Friday from 6pm. Me and Josh have a little chat about all our favourite underrated and underseen films. Yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us, get in touch with us. We always like to hear from you. And of course, thank you as ever for listening and for your support. It really does mean a lot. We'll be back next week with another film. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.